15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change and withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender first commonwealth bank member fdic welcome into dc on screen episode 341 i am your host david c robertson i believe i have contracted a virulent strain of kryptonian malaria mm-hmm. so forgive me this is my co-host jason goss hey i'm gonna uh, take over uh, some recaps this week yeah we're doing legends of tomorrow 214 moonshot and uh Take it away, Jason. <clears throat> the legends track Commander Steele to Houston, where he's helping with the infamous Apollo 13 mission. They quickly realize that Edibard Thon has taken over the craft and is trying to retrieve the piece of hidden spear and the American flag that's still left on the moon. Sarah and the Wave Rider manage to rescue the Apollo crew members, but Ray and Edibard have to team up to get their piece of the ship off the moon while Victor distracts Houston with a song. With everyone back on the Wave Rider and the Apollo crew back on course, the depleted Wave Rider manages to get back to Earth, but only after trusting Eobard's fancy future space math and the sacrifice of Commander Still's life. Eobard escapes to fight another day, and Vixen, after a tussle with Nate, looks up her family's future. Mm. Also, somewhere in there, Rip, uh, you know, gets his balls handed to him over and over again. <laughs> I-, I liked that Sarah is the captain of the ship still. I, I did. I like. It was kind of funny to watch her just... You know, be the first, just the first to speak over and over again, like, um, and you kept seeing that poor look on, on Rip's face, like, oh, I miss that being me almost. But I, I think it really sunk in when he, uh, when still gives him that little jab about like, and I want to commend your, uh, <laughs> how do you put it? Like, I want to commend you. I've never seen this crew work so well together. It's not, it's not my compliment. Yeah. He's like, you really pulled this team together. <laughs> 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 I was, I really, like, I was watching that went, oh, um, yeah. and then they get to the well, end Rip's there. Rip's a pompous and... piece of crap, dude. He is. Like, he can I be. Like, but... I like Arthur Darville, but I am not a huge fan of the character of Rip Hunter. Like, he's not a great dude. I, I like Rip. I like his bravado. I mean, I like, uh, like him being there. Now, and, and I liked, um, you know, they're talking at the end and, um, you know, Rip and Sarah, she comes in and there's a nice little conversation about like, are you moping or whatever? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Rip kind of officially says, this is your ship, you know? And I uh, just don't know what I'm don't know what I'm doing anymore with it. And she brings up like the line about misfits and all that stuff, like quote stuff from like the first episode. Mm-hmm. It was it was a neat moment. I didn't bother writing any of it down, but it was a neat moment where she kind of um, demands that he may not be in charge anymore, but he still belongs on this ship. Thought, okay, cool. That's a cool arc. Yeah, I really like that he. Uh, I really like that still hid the thing in the flag in the moon. Mm-hmm. That was that was cool. <laughs> that was that was just great. Well. My my favorite part of this episode was the opening. Seriously, you idiots haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love when Mick does the intro. Mick doing the intro is pretty great. Um, oh, I did. I I got a laugh early on. Um, and like they they come in. It's it's actually a well shot scene where like Rip leaves, 
uh, Rippin still leaving the foreground and like Rippin the rest of the team appear in the background on the same pair of, same set of steps. Um, but like, or well, Rip leaves in the foreground and like uh, still vanishes in the background and all that. Anyway, it was a well shot scene. I thought everyone just appearing in the same space and time, but kind of um, seamlessly. But mm-hmm. they go into how like uh, uh, Vixen says he's like he knows like seven languages and he he can disappear into anything. And uh, and when they track him down, he's like, yeah, he disappeared and became an astronaut. <laughs> The most high-profile <laughs> job you could get in the 60s. Yeah, he was at Mission Control. Was he really an astronaut? I well, he made he it to the moon to plant a flag. I assumed he was Apollo 11, uh, like on Apollo 11 and planting a flag. I thought he just had them do it. Maybe just put it in know. the flag. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was just yeah. Mission Control. I just thought, that's a pretty high-profile high job, dude. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> a couple of things. Like we were talking about last episode with The Flash how Cisco could create so much stuff, and I'm sure he could find a way to do it where it wouldn't... Like, anything could be made into a weapon. He could be rich and be helping the world. I didn't go into the helping the world, but it fits, and it works, and it's true. And we have Eobard here telling Ray, look, dude, you could use the Dwarf Star to power an entire city. Instead, you do this crap. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a, a good dig, too, man. And it makes me feel like none of these people are actually worth their salt. Like, it made me feel like, dude, why are you using these things to, like, be superheroes? You can help humanity so much more well, in other ways. No, th- I mean, that was completely Eobard's point during that scene is, like, you and I aren't oh, too I different. Oh, I know. And I, I kind of got done with the scene and thought, ah, oh, shit, Ray's a selfish asshole. Uh-huh. Damn it. <laughs> I've got no uh-huh. I've got no rebuttal here. Yeah. Um. I... Doug Eobard, I mean, we've oh, seen him do whole, some really bad things. The whole episode, he absolutely killed. I loved him. He was my favorite part. Like I've met some, I've met history's monsters, Raymond. I'm not one of them. Yeah, like. that was great. <laughs> oh, even the logic to get Ray to, uh, you know, let him loose to help is if I'm lying, we're both dead. Well, <laughs> shit. Okay, I mean, you got to go with that. Or here's my favorite line, maybe in the entire uh, episode this week. <clears throat> Without being prompted, 38 degrees. Well, you don't even know yeah. what I was going to ask. Hey, you're going to ask about what angle the ship needs to descend. Like, he just, Ray walks in. He just, I love the, the freaking bravado of that 38 degrees. I just smiled. Yeah, that was good. It was. And even even uh, yeah. even Nate and Ray's little, um, no, no, sorry. Uh, Ray and uh, Eobard's little confrontation at the end was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode had some surprisingly good things in it. Um, I... Dude, I re- rewatched that whole scene probably three or four times with uh, Stein and Mick singing in the middle of Mission Control. Did you enjoy that? I thought it was hilarious. Like, it cracked me up. Okay. <laughs> I I had this moment where I thought, well, the show's dead. <laughs> oh, I had that. I had that moment too, man. <laughs> like, like it was like a simultaneous like jumping of the shark. As well as, like, maybe the most delightful thing I've seen on the show in a long time. It was, it, the thing was, I was, I was watching it going, okay, I'm not giggling, but that's, this isn't my thing. Um, well, actually, my first thought was, I guess Victor's getting the musical crossover started early. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, for me, it was like, he jumps up and starts doing it, and I'm like, oh, man. And then, like, <laughs> he, it keeps he going. He does commit so thoroughly that, it, like, you want to laugh with it. I just kept, like, my jaw was just on the ground the whole time. I, I mean, I laughed a little when, when Mick finally pitched in with him like confused yeah did i go but and when when he just like get he just keeps going and when he gets to like there's a shot where everyone is just on their feet looking confused and there's like they shoot to one guy who's just thoroughly and almost dancing with it yeah 
But I felt like <laughs> as, when they showed going. that, I was like, yep, that's pretty much how this is going to go over. One guy in the room is going to laugh at this. Everyone else is going to stare. I don't know, man. I, it it just went. It was one of those where it was like it was a bad joke, but it went on so long that it made it funny for me. Yeah, I mean that's fine. That's fine. I, I just and I had to go back and be like, wait a minute. Oh, you didn't have to go back. You just had to wait to the credits. They were so proud of it they put I it know. over the credits. Well, I didn't know that. At the time. <laughs> I just I, I did laugh when I saw him doing the credits, and I went, they're this proud of that moment. <laughs> oh my god. And I think maybe I even laughed because I saw it and thought Jason's gonna hate this. <laughs> I kind of, you know, like, I kind of did. Now, not to say that uh, that uh, uh, what's his name Garber didn't have have a wonderful time filming that because it looked like he was really enjoying himself. And I, I mean, I, I did, you know, if it was for nothing else, it was worth the one good Mick line this week. You have a wonderful singing voice, Professor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, uh, it's like the most admiration he's had in his uh, in his voice for Stein in the entire series, with absolutely no holding back. That there was nothing snarky in that. It was just a simple compliment. Yeah, but that's a good transition into the things that I hated in the episode. <laughs> well, I'll I'll get right to something in that scene that is bizarre to me. Is they've got uh-huh. this entire room of scientists. I mean, we've got several minutes here. Room full of of probably Ivy League students. Uh-huh. Um, and the one guy is just on his radio, just listening to silence, going, "I don't know, he's dead. It's just, it won't. The sounds won't come in." And mm-hmm. no one thinks to go check like the circuit board <laughs> that Jack's found in like five seconds. I mean, he's That's clearly he's clearly down the freaking hall. Like, it doesn't it doesn't seem like he you know ran off to the other side of the facility and made that they wouldn't have time to get over there and check him. Seems like he ran a couple of hallways over, found a circuit board somewhere, and managed to untwist the right thing. Like, yeah, there were so many other problems though that I didn't even think about that one. That's a good call. Well, get into your problems then. Um. Well, if we could refrain from having the wave rider sound like an old jalopy conking out. <laughs> at any given time it's you know it's understandable that the video effects are gonna look awful sometimes i understand you guys have a budget you guys have tight time constraints i understand but throwing in a it's just awful stop they've done it before and it's annoying it's awful mm. um not, not digging that sound effect no not for a time machine <laughs> that is also a spaceship not not at all it is the stupidest thing ever. Mm. I'm all for the show being fun, but that's not fun. That's stupid. No. Um, Commander Haywood's sacrifice was stupid. It was Paw Cannon Man of Steel all over again. It was like, dude, you have a you have an offspring standing right there who could withstand the force. All you have to do is grab onto a thing. You don't have to go flying out of the chute. And you know, I, I understand that. Like, well, he can't go back. He can't. Like, he thought he was going to be able to go back and you know live his life for some reason or another, and then realized that he couldn't because he would destroy the timeline. And No, I mean, it, I get that he had no real reason to go back. Um, that's fine. Except he could have actually met his son if he'd hang in there, because uh-huh. that was actually pretty cool, rigging the essay contest. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he could have actually met his son, but I get the whole, like, I gave up 14 years of my life and I'll never get him back, and now I can't change the timeline because Vixen clued me in on what happens and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. My only question is, does Still still need to breathe? Because they weren't, they hadn't entered yet. Like, like commanders. And by the way, it's it's like uh, he couldn't just like hang on to something. Like when you're out in space, like you can hang on to something if you want to, but you're still the the atmosphere goes to zero. It's like your your organs are still gonna 
it like seize up on you. You're dead if the if the hatch well, is mean, open. You're um, dead. Uh, well, yeah, but um, we've seen him. He and Raymond, or he and the Adam, or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> mm-hmm. they've punched each other through the hull of the ship and flew out into space before. Well, they've and he they've flown out. He was steeled up. No, they've flown out when he was when they were in time vortexes, not when they were in space space. No, oh, okay. I guess that matters. Apparently, that matters. <laughs> But this is just like re-entering space. So what what realistically happened to Steel's body in this moment is like he goes out into space, he decompresses, he suffocates. It's just terrible. Um, and uh, then his body kind of slowly, probably made its orbit back to the uh, Earth and and was completely incinerated upon re-entry. Like there's no corpse to go find. But that process would take a little time. So I just kind of my only out for them for why they, why you wouldn't switch roles here is I, does. Nate need to breathe when he's, you know, stilled up. Because if he does, mm-hmm. there's no hope for this. All right. Well, I'll begrudgingly I mean, give it to them then. It's just a question, though, and it had, it had, I'd have to know the answer for that to really uh, do anything. But I will give him this. Um, Nate did a, Nate did a pretty good job with that scene. He did. He did. Can, they both did. Can I use the that to transition to something else? If you like. I freaking hated Nate this episode. Yeah. The I'm, I'm sick of all of them trying to t- change the damn timeline. Like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And he comes in with like, uh, you know, you could change the time. She's trying to talk to him. You could change the timeline. It could change you. And you might not be there. Like, save us when we did this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's conjecture. But my father's happiness, that's real. Nope, asshole. That's conjecture. Uh-huh. You have no no reason to think that just because daddy was around, he was going to be a good dad. And that, yeah. therefore, you were going to have a good dad. Also, he was. if you sent him back, he was still going to be a member of the JSA. He might have gotten killed two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And some other bizarre incident. <laughs> Yeah. Three months, he's killed by chemo in the South Pacific. You know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, it's, it's maddening to me that they, I mean, even, you know, I guess it's okay because Mick hangs the lantern on it while he's doing the intro. Like, we always seem to screw it up anyway. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, that always helps. <clears throat> uh, okay, so. But I just. Yeah, that was annoying. Nate, uh, the whole episode, like, it, it, when he's talking to Vixen later, like, all right, Vixen. <clears throat> Does the right thing, tells him about the aberrations. You knew that was going to come up when he's talking about his family anyway. Uh-huh. She does the right thing, she explains aberrations, and then there's this real go-fuck-yourself moment where I decided I may not like Nate maybe for the rest of the season. When he actually does, like he in his little tantrum, he goes so far as to tell her about the village that burns and, you know, her granddaughter being foster care. Like he, he sets that whole thing up. Like At the end of the episode, she goes and looks it up. He can't undo that. It doesn't matter how they they feel about each other by the end of the episode. And yeah, they fight. They came mm-hmm. back. They he apologized. You can't undo that, man. That bell's been rung. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was a dick move. It was a dick move. Um. And I also like it's like there's no future for us. Blah blah blah. Like why? How? Who says that you didn't knock her up in the first place? Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. There's really nothing to say that. Well, same as like I meant to mention this on the Flash episode, but there's a lot of time stuff that doesn't make sense uh, right now in all of these shows. Like, sorry, Jesse like runs off to Earth three because she doesn't want to be part of one doesn't want to be part of Savitar's plan. How do we know that's not part of Savitar's plan? Yeah, they keep it's just <clears throat> they right now the writers have themselves in some places uh, over there where, where like on the Flash they're going to get out of it soon. But over oh. here, we're like constantly in the place of like, well, we're going to change time, but we're not going to change time. But oh, but Hank, Nate's still going to go talk to young Hank and tell him to take it easy on his son. But that yeah. that won't work I mean, out was... poorly. It's not like we're going to get a time aberration daughter out of that or something. 
Right. I mean, I was okay with Jesse running up to Earth 3 because it's just, it feels very edible to me. <clears throat> Not like she's about to go have sex with her father or something, but... <laughs> but to like, run off like that. You know how, like, you, you know, uh, in uh, Oedipus Rex, he finds out that he's supposed to uh, kill his father and marry his mother. He runs away so that he won't do that, mm-hmm. and but he doesn't realize that he was adopted, essentially, and winds up killing his actual father and marrying his mother. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, mean, I like I like that sort of. Uh, and then what he yeah. doesn't he bang out like his eyes kind of with, a, with sticks or something after that? Uh, yeah, he gouges his own <laughs> he eyes out. Eyes which is fair. Like, which is fair. The second the second play is him just wandering around in a desert like blind. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, it's been a long time since I read those, yeah. but um, hey, Hollywood, you want a trilogy? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, speaking of wandering around, uh, well, I have two questions. Uh huh. When did Ray get to watch The Martian? <laughs> I, I assume I assume they have they have a movie nights. You know they they sat down and watched. I guess they I, I, I mean yeah. I guess they can get current films though. That's, I mean I, I mean I'm, that's not a big point. I would assume they would get future films. Maybe future films. That'd be great. Um, or terrible. Oof. Maybe that that'd be. I mean I might opt out of that. Um, the real question: If they remove the flag, does the U.S. not own the moon anymore? <laughs> Do you have a flag? <laughs> We're the only one with a flag. Old up there. Eddie Izzard, old Eddie Izzard joke. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> England, what is that you have behind your back? Oh, Indian, another of uh, Indian, a number of small countries. <laughs> Put them back. Oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> we got two million people here, man. You can't do that. Well, do you have a flag? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great bit. It is. It's uh, phenomenal. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've hit a lot of this. Uh, oh, by the way, do you, do, do you have any... Uh, maybe I just blanked out for a second. Do you under, Did you have any idea why super speed didn't work in low gravity? Um, no, that's incorrect. That was wrong. Uh, no gravity, sure. But he was inside that capsule. He could have just like used that as, you know, for momentum. Like, he could have totally run around the capsule. Now, it probably wouldn't have helped him. Well, I, I still think he could, you know, do the... The arm thing is so yeah. fond of. Yeah, there's no reason I don't, it couldn't. It was, that, that didn't work. You know, I, I just didn't. It didn't make sense to me. All right. Does that? Here's the other part of that. I hated. Does that mean though that like if you if you dug a hole through like a, a significant part of the Earth's core and and got Barry onto like, or let's take Barry to like Jupiter with a giant gravity, would he just get faster? It mm, is it relative maybe. to the Earth's gravity that that these people are proportionally sped? That make any sense? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it didn't. It didn't seem right to me at all. The poor speedster. I wrote from it Mars down as not a thing. A small planet, so so slow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it seemed off to me. Um, but I was more preoccupied with this, and it sucks because it really did make for great character work for Eobard. But when he's talking about how he misses hanging out with scientists, yeah, this is pre-Flashpoint Eobard. Like this is this is before he even did that, so he doesn't have those memories. No, no, he he's like, still stuck in the time remnant. So he's still he is still pre Flashpoint, but he's still the pre Flashpoint that was from the future. He's still the future scientist that came back, and then now he's stuck in the time yeah, I'm, remnant. I'm pretty sure the way it worked is like he doesn't remember actually because the the Eobard that hung out with Caitlin and Cisco, as Wells, mm-hmm. he's dead. He disintegrated. No, no, I, I, this this is the same. My understanding has been the whole time, someone correct us, because my understanding the whole time has been that that exact Eobard that disintegrated ran instead, and that's why the, the uh, Black Racer's after him. 
No, no, I think it was it was a previous version of Eobard that showed up and then realized that something happened to destroy him, and he was he's just and Barry went back and grabbed him, threw him in that gel at Flashpoint. Mm. I'm I'm pretty sure he shouldn't have any memories of hanging out with Caitlin and Cisco and all that. Well, oh, the tangled webs we weave. Mm. Whatever. Not not even sure anymore. I'm sure they could find some way to make that work. I just I don't think so. I'll break out some. Yarn and some push pins, and we'll get to work later. <laughs> All right. See if I can I match my, my deadbolt board. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we covered it. Eobard, great. Nate sucked. Mm-hmm. Victor was weird. I think we're done here. <laughs> I loved Ray's, like, I'm on the moon, I got the shard. And they're like, okay. He's like, that's all I get? <laughs> yeah, they're like, copy. That's, that's all I get? <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, actually, uh, a right. little bit better than uh, that even was he's doing his little uh, his recording for prosper- pro- posterity, and uh, you just in the background, air barge. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he was doing the Martian. Yeah, that's what he was right doing. <sighs> Raise a fool, <laughs> a lovely fool. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna be coming right back with a review of Arrow five sixteen checkmate. Uh, we are DC on screen. You can find us DC on screen.com DC on screen. One word on Instagram, on Twitter. We might be actually starting some kind of cool something or another on Instagram. So go, go follow us there. Uh, if you're into the Instagram, um, proud members of the giant size team up network, giant size team up.com. And, uh, until the next review guys, keep some DC on your screen. around you that car you're driving that house your family lives in making your daughter laugh inspiring her to dream you did that teaching your son to drive teaching him he can be anything all you and your dreams for tomorrow you'll do that too legacies don't just happen they are made by you the important word being you american family insurance protecting your dreams as you achieve them insure carefully dream fearlessly products not available in every state american family mutual insurance company si and its operating companies american family life insurance company 6000 american parkway madison wisconsin better banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99 percent apr rate on a home equity line of credit from first commonwealth bank to turn your bathroom into your wow i love this bathroom bathroom 0.99 percent introductory apr for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on wall street journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99 percent and a maximum rate of 18 percent offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC.